Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This episode is the first in a series that you're going to be hearing in the coming weeks, all telling the story of a woman named Eilish. I started this show pretty recently based on a hunch that there are tons of average people out there who have experienced something paranormal, but they never end up talking about it to anyone because most of the time when these stories are told, they're sensationalized or treated like fiction. I think for most people who witness something that they can't explain, it's easier to just explain it away, forget about it, and move on with their life. It's human nature to do that. And for that reason, I believe that sometimes in the biggest non-paranormal stories that do get told, there are occasionally some supernatural aspects that end up getting left out because it's just easier that way to leave out the parts that are harder to understand but that does not mean that they didn't happen. My hope with Otherworld was always that if we created a home for these types of stories and told them in the way they deserved, people would come out of the woodwork with things that they've been keeping to themselves for many years. And I think my hunch has been right so far. On November 7th last year, I received an email with the subject line, I survived a murder attempt now I see ghosts. And I wish I could read the entire email to you so you could understand how shocked I was reading this story. But I really, really don't want to spoil anything. I was amazed not just by her story, but also the fact that she even wanted to talk to me. We'd only been doing the podcast for five weeks at that point. And this story was really big. It was overwhelming. As a society... We have a fascination with violence, crime, and death. It's one of the biggest genres of entertainment in America. Maybe it's even a little weird that it is a genre of entertainment. I understand the fascination, but I think along the way, sometimes the people who commit the horrible acts achieve a level of celebrity, and the entire lives of their victims end up being reduced to a bullet point in the story of their killer. And a main reason for that is that the victims aren't here to tell their story, to tell their version of events and say how they feel. And the ones that do survive usually don't want to turn the worst thing that ever happened to them into entertainment. Eilish Poe survived something horrible and the way she survived 
is probably the reason that she ended up reaching out to me. This is a story about many things. Obviously, it's mostly the story of a crime and the person who survived it. But I think you'll find that there's even something supernatural about talking to her and hearing her story in general, because most people like Eilish are not around to tell their own story. And there's something very unusual about being able to hear some of the things that you're gonna hear from her. This series is my attempt at helping Eilish tell her story in her own words. This first part covers the events leading up to what happened to her. There's nothing paranormal in this first episode. I'm warning you right now. But everything in it is in there for a reason. This is a very long story, but I promise it's worth it. This is episode 38, Eilish Poe, part one, and you're listening to Otherworld. Is this Bobby? Yes, it is. At, at its core, the science, you can't argue with. No a story about All of a sudden, up in the sky. It's almost frustrating that it's happening. I'm literally just, I'm going to die. I'm like, just it's looking. limbs were just like wrong. Everybody moves back into the light, even if it takes them a minute. My name is Eilish. I am 25 years old and I am from Colorado. In 2020, I went through a really public, traumatic event um, that really shaped my life and has changed my life in a lot of ways. And I wanted to say that I have never spoken publicly about this. I've been offered deals with Lifetime quite a few times, different occasions, and other outlets, different news outlets, both local and on a national level. And I have just felt uncomfortable with the way that they have portrayed people's stories. And I just have not ever wanted to talk about it unless it was on my own accord. And that is why I wanted to come on this show and tell it in my own words. Before everything happened to me, I was just starting off in my career, really young, and just in my second year of teaching. First year of teaching was the first year of COVID. So I was super excited to just get a jump on the next school year and see how things changed. I grew up an athlete. I played volleyball for my entire life. I'm a big reader. I always have been. I was a really shy kid. I have a little dwarf rabbit named Boomer. He loves everybody. Everybody loves him. Yeah, I was living a, a really normal life. Nothing truly crazy had ever happened to me. Nothing really overarchingly interesting, I think, had happened yet. So in the summer of 2020, I started seeing a guy named John. It started off like a lot of 
Relationships start off at the beginning, it's fun, it's light, but it quickly became apparent that he wanted to get serious with me very quickly. There were a lot of red flags. I was 23 at this point. It was June when he and I started seeing each other. We had met, I want to say like two years before we started dating. Um, he worked as a like after school instructor for this summer school camp that I was working at. I just knew him more in a friendly sense then. I didn't have any interest in pursuing anything with him romantically at all um, when we first met. Um, John was really interested in like history and he was a big reader. He wanted to be like a history professor. He was quite personable. He was charming to a lot of people. He really, really liked movies and he would talk about them in such a way that like you can tell he'd like read a ton about them, watched videos explaining certain things, like done a lot of research into the films. Just his background knowledge on them was a lot. He grew up in like a Jewish household, but he was interested in a lot of like Eastern religion type stuff. And his friends even like for a long time, like have even gone on record saying that he was like a pacifist and that he like, wouldn't ever hurt anyone. And he did come off that way, at least at first. I mean, overall, he was a very personable guy um, to be around unless you were in a relationship with him. The dating started because after he'd worked at that summer camp with me, he was going to Spain to teach in Spain for like the next year. He left and he went and he taught in Spain. I would love to tell you more about when he was in Spain. However, he refused to talk about it with me. So he left for Spain. And when the pandemic hit there, he had to come back. And so in like March 2020, he ended up coming back and he was living with his parents just for a few months. And he told me like, he was like losing his mind being there. And um, I think it was in like May-ish, he told me that he was um, gonna move back to Colorado and that he wanted to get together sometime just to like meet up and like hang out, catch up, that kind of stuff. Again, it was like COVID times. Nothing was, this was like peak pandemic. Nothing was open at all. Like you couldn't just go sit in a coffee shop at all. Everything was closed. And so we ended up like going to a park and um, just talked for several hours and in my head, I'm thinking, you know, like, I could see myself, like, seeing him 
a few times, like going on dates, things like that. Things like this, where it's like kind of a romantic thing, but not officially a date. When he actually like moved to Colorado, he ended up staying with me and Megan for two weeks until he got a house. And when he was there, it was great. It was nice having him there. All we did was like watch movies, watch TV. Like we'd meet up with his friends and things like that. It it was great. It was going really well for a while. It was just, like I said, really fun, light, nothing serious. I didn't think that it was going to be a serious relationship. And I was very upfront from the beginning with him with that. I just had done the seriousness and I just kind of wanted to explore other options for a little bit and enjoy my summer. I'm a teacher, so I was on break and I just kind of wanted to get out of that teacher headspace for a while and just not focus on anything like serious or important for a little while. And I don't even remember if he ever like formally asked if I would be his girlfriend or anything like that. There was nothing to do. We, there was nothing open, no restaurants to go to. So we didn't have really any other options. And I do know a lot of couples that have, that got really serious at that time because they were just hunkered down in a space together for an extended amount of time. And I would say that when we were able to start doing things is kind of when it started taking like a sour turn. We decided to go on a camping trip for 4th of July with, it was me, John, two of his best friends and one of his friend's girlfriend. John drove us up there. He is a notoriously awful driver. And everybody kept like giving him shit, you know, just joking around with him about just the way he was driving. And we're going like up a mountain in Colorado. Like it is steep, it is windy. And we're all like on the brink of throwing up because of just how reckless and crazy he's like speeding through this mountain. And he was, he finally like pulled over and he got extremely irritated with us. And he asked if we could stop, but it, was, it wasn't so much of an ask as a tell. He was yelling at us to stop talking to him that way. And we were all just like, okay, we get it. We, I'm sorry, this is obviously sensitive. We didn't know, we'll stop. And we kept going. Then as we find a camping spot, and like settle in. We're all putting up the tents um, and one of his friends and his girlfriend, they pitch the tent in like 10 minutes, super quick. Probably like 45 minutes goes by and he still doesn't have this tent even close to set up. I never done it before. So I go over and I ask his friend, I just say, hey, do you think that maybe you could go help him pitch this tent? And that was not 
the right move, apparently, because he yelled at me, like, almost as if I was questioning his manhood. It, it seemed like he was jealous that I asked his friend to help with this tent, which is just so ridiculous. <laughs> like, even just talking about it out loud just sounds ridiculous that somebody got that upset over it. And he truly did not speak to us for like the rest of the trip because of that. And that was, that was 4th of July weekend. So we'd been seeing each other for like a month. And it was becoming clear like something, in my mind, I just wasn't okay with somebody getting that irritated for such a small thing. And I know that everybody's experiences are different but to the extent of not talking to us for the rest of the weekend, like we'd go on a hike and he was like, no, I'm staying behind. Just is so excessive. What was the extent of like, when you say he wasn't talking to you the rest of the weekend, like how, how much not talking to you? Like, what was it like? His friend had come from Chicago for the weekend. They weren't there for very long. He doesn't see him very often. And it, it really frustrated me that he wasn't even like talking to anybody at all. Like once the tent was set up, he <laughs> would just like put himself inside it and not speak to us. It's, it was pouring at one point and we were like, let's all go in our tent and play a card game. And he was like, I don't want to play a card game with you guys. And I was like, well, this tent is the biggest. There were like six of us or so, I don't remember, five, six people. And it's like, it makes the most sense for all of us to go in here to be comfortable so we can spend time together. He was like, that's fine. You guys can play. I'm not playing. I'll be there. I'm not leaving. But, and it's, he really didn't play. He really didn't talk to us. We tried to include him in the conversation. He didn't want to be a part of it. Like at all. We'd go on a short little hike. Like just, there's like a hill in the distance. We were like, let's go climb that hill. And he was just like, okay, I'm going to stay here. And so he was responding to what we were offering him. But that was pretty much it. Or like we had a campfire the night of it. And like everybody was, we were singing. And we were just like having a really fun time. We got the cards out and stuff again. It was like all of his high school friends and they're just all reminiscing and stuff on memories. And he just was sitting there on a blanket. Like I tried to, you know, be near him. He didn't want to be near me, things like that. Like he was just pissed off and nothing that I could say, nothing that any of his friends, again, who were just in town for a few days could say would get him to talk to us. And it was finally like probably two days after we got back that he was like, I'm ready to hang out with you guys again. I don't know what changed his mind, but he was just very petty, very just egotistical. I think his ego was so big. But then again, if you talk to his friends, they'll say like, no, he was always thought of others, things like that. But I, if you really think about it, he didn't. He wasn't a person that thought of others at all. He always thought for himself. 
like we decided to go to South Dakota, um, Mount Rushmore and all that is only five hours from where I live. And we just went on like a little weekend road trip. I wasn't working at the time. So I just had all the time in the world. I was just like excited to go to a different part of the country and see things that I never had. The entire thing was a shit show. It was such a shit show. He just, everything, I could not do anything right, it felt like. And growing up, I felt that way a lot too. Um, I'm the middle child. <laughs> and so I just felt that way growing up, like the not good enough, kind of burdensome feeling that a lot of kids go through. And it put me kind of in that place again, this specific trip. It, it was just to that point, And I know a lot of women can relate to where you just shut down and you just stop talking and stop responding to things and things that would normally make you laugh just and you just kind of get away from yourself and it, that kind of started for me on that trip because everything that I said or did would irritate him like I was getting ready to go back to school it was like late July we go back in mid-August we had to wear masks of course so I was like I'm gonna make everybody on my staff, like a headband that had buttons sewn on where you could put the loops of the mask so it didn't hurt your ears. I was making these for my coworkers and he was just saying horrible things like, nobody's gonna want this like cheap ass piece of fabric you made and nobody's gonna wear this, like there's no point. Like, why are you wasting your time? Things like that, it was for no reason. Like, it wasn't doing, I was just doing this like on our road trip, like why not? And he just started saying really nasty things like that to me on that trip. And again, like his driving was just so dangerous <laughs> that it would give me like the worst anxiety. And I was like afraid we were gonna wreck and we would get lost and then he'd get even more angry. And it just somehow would still, like everything would end up being my fault. And there was a time we, when we were there in South Dakota and we went to, I think it's called Lake Custer. And it was really beautiful. And I just told him, I was like, I'm gonna go be alone. <laughs> and I was alone in the middle of this like state park for hours. And it was the best part of the trip because I just didn't have to be with him. That's for me, that's kind of when things started like really, really falling apart where I, I'm one of those people where it's like, if I make up my mind, that's pretty much gonna, that's it. And um, I think he could sense that too. I think he could sense that I was becoming more detached because it just wasn't myself. I'm a super talkative person and I just, wasn't. And I think any of my friends that were around me or near me during that time would agree with that. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. 
I've said before that I do not get scared while making this show. But what does scare me is having to log into my bank account or pay attention to my personal finances in any way. I know that's bad, and I know that it does not make sense. But legitimately, what has recently helped me is using Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that takes all of your accounts, organizes it into one place, and helps you get everything under control. I feel a lot better using it, and I'm no longer stressed. Also, Rocket Money finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I'm not kidding when I say that I recently discovered that me and my graphic designer, Colin, were getting charged $150 a month by a design service we didn't even realize we were paying for. I wish that was a joke. Sadly, it's true. We canceled it and are no longer paying for this. Thanks to Rocket Money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. It's after bedtime, the kids are asleep, and the moms are out to play. We're Dina and Kristen, the duo behind the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. I'm Dina, I'm a child therapist and mom of two who nerds out on all things neurobiology and psychology, and Kristen is a parent coach who wrangles three kids on a daily basis, here to give it to us like it is. We weren't meant to do this parenting thing alone. Consider After Bedtime your village. Follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, on your own terms. I've personally tried so many website platforms, and I could tell you that Squarespace is by far the easiest to use. Their fluid engine makes creating a website super intuitive no matter how tech-savvy you are. Another great thing about Squarespace is that they have an online store. So whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And also, you could even create and design your own merch on Squarespace, and they'll handle the production, inventory, and shipping for you. And trust me when I say, doing that all yourself is a lot of work. So having Squarespace handle it for you is a big deal, and it's also a great low-risk way to start selling merch. So pretty much whatever you could possibly need for your website, Squarespace has you covered. Go to squarespace.com otherworld for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use code otherworld to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com otherworld. I hate dealing with my cat's litter box. I'm pretty sure everybody else feels exactly the same way. If you don't, it's kind of weird. The less I have to think about it, the better. And... I'm sure Merlin agrees. Sometimes I accidentally walk in on him while he's using the litter box, and it's very embarrassing for both of us. He looks very vulnerable in there. I always feel terrible. Pretty Litter absorbs smells so well and lasts for so long that I could truly forget about it. I could go days without scooping it or checking in. He could do his thing, and I don't have to worry about it. When I do clean up, it's very easy. There's no dust or smell. It's super simple. And of course, the litter changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in Merlin, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. I never run out of it, and I don't have to have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up the room. So Pretty Litter keeps tabs on your cat's health and keeps odors down. 
I think you and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as me and Merlin do. Go to prettylitter.com slash otherworld and use code otherworld to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash otherworld. Use the code otherworld to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com The final straw for me was this time where I just told him, like, I don't think it's going to work. We can talk about it more, um, but we're going to do it in public because I don't want you screaming in my face, yelling at me again, like he'd done so many times. So we went to this brewery um, where I live. There's, like, literally, like, 50 breweries. So we just picked one. He picked me up from my house. We drove together, and... He kept, like, trying to touch me at the dinner, trying to hold my hand, stuff like that. And I was, like, pulling away. And um, at one point, I told him, like, I'm, I'm ready to leave. Like, I, I don't want to be here. You're making me uncomfortable. I wanted to talk about it. And he was acting like nothing had happened. Like, we didn't—I didn't just tell him I was thinking about, like, ending it. He was just— talking about his day for a while. Like, it makes sense to start it off that way, but it, it just wasn't going in any direction. I would bring stuff up. He would deflect it. So I was just finally like, you aren't willing to talk or listen, so I'm leaving. And he was like, well, you can't because I drove us here. And I was like, I will get an Uber or I'll call a friend and I, like, went to the bathroom. I called two of my friends. Neither of them answered. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm, like, literally in the bathroom stall downloading the Uber app. I just wanted to be away from him. And I knew I could, like, lock that door. And he couldn't be around me. So I'm, like, downloading the Uber app in the bathroom of this brewery. When I get out, um, he was like, you can't leave until I finish my beer. Like, let me just drive you home. And I was like, no, I'm leaving now. I've got a car on the way, da, da 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 Then he started getting angry, and it was like, no, I'm paying for us, so I say when we leave. And I was like, then I will go pay for myself. And I walked up to the bar and paid for it, walked out the door. And as I'm, like, waiting for the car, just, like, on the road, he, like, comes up, and he's like, I'm sorry. This is really hard for me just let me take you home, please. And I was just super reluctant, but I got in the stupid car. Like, as soon as we got in the car, he started screaming at me, like, 
this is like comes up later too but I was like literally like in a fetal position in the car like just looking out the window like just wishing it would go by faster and I wasn't saying anything and he that was pissing him off too that I just wasn't responding to him I was just like I'm just not gonna say anything at all because nothing I say is right like this has confirmed for me that this doesn't work and that's when I like formally broke up with him and it felt so good (laughs) he tried to follow me in my house and I was like get the fuck away from me do not come by this house I don't want to see you that night I told my roommate everything I was scared I slept in her bed because I was like worried because he was super angry We thought about like talking to the police and I was like, well, he hasn't done anything before this. So I'll just let it settle. But then like the next day (laughs) he showed up at my house again. He had like chocolate and flowers. And if you know, like literally anything about me at all, I'm just not that person. Like I don't want, I don't want flowers and chocolate. (laughs) ever. (laughs) And um, my roommate was like, that was really thoughtful of him and you should go talk to him. And I was just like, no, I'm not, not talking to him. I, I don't want to. And he like wouldn't leave. And so I was like, we can walk around our neighborhood or my neighborhood, but like, that's it. He tried reconciling and I was very adamant no like you can't just show up here flowers chocolate bullshit I don't care like you literally had me in a fetal position scared yesterday you can't make that up to me I'm sorry I just had really firmly put my foot down I I did not want to end up in this like super I mean it was already toxic but like a continued long-term, like chronically toxic relationship. I just refused to be in that situation. And I know that's easy for me to say. And I know that it's really hard for people that are in that situation. I think if like it had been more gradual, it could have turned out that way. But since everything was so fast paced, it, it just wasn't an option for me. I was like, how are you, like, how are we fighting this much when we've been dating for, like, two months? No, this doesn't work for me. What kind of stuff was he saying in the car with you that made you guys scared? I truly think that I've kind of blocked out what he was saying to me, and my brain was just, like, just get through this car ride home, just get through this car ride home. I do remember at one point he, like, was clutching the steering wheel and like shaking it. And he was like, listen to me. Why aren't you saying anything? And I I just, that's the bulk of what I remember. I don't remember specifically what he was saying. Probably just that I was like being a bitch. And oh yeah, I do remember. He was really mad that I wouldn't let him hold my hand. And he was like, I can't even... Like, my girlfriend won't hold my hand. Like, I can't 
do anything right and all this. And I just remember being like, I am breaking up with you. Like, I don't want to hold your hand. That's the whole point of us meeting. And he just, I can't specifically tell you what else he was saying, but I mean, it was like a 15 minute car ride and it was just like him screaming at me. I do truly think that I blocked some of it out because I was just so scared of him. Anybody getting yelled at like that, like man, woman, whomever, like it's scary when somebody's screaming at you and you just can't go anywhere. I'm in a car and it's moving. And so I was just really freaked out by that. He started leaving me like really intense voicemails, just kind of showing up at my house. There was a day when I was at my other friend's house and he wouldn't leave my property. I had to text his best friend who was like back in Chicago and be like, please call him, talk him down. I am ready to call the cops. The level of intensity that he was feeling was alarming. He kept saying like, I love you. I'm not letting you go. Like, I'm not gonna give up on us. Like you want to, this like gaslighting bullshit. Finally, his friend got him to leave. And I was truly like ready to call the police and let them handle it. You guys were only dating for three months. Were you? Yes. Were you guys using the L word? I don't think I ever said that I loved him. At at the end, I didn't even like him. (laughs) He just had this thing about him. He was like an, like, big into literature, big reader, which I am too. And I do think that in a way he like lived his life in a way that was not realistic. Like it seemed fictional the way he would like talk about things like romantically. And he, I think he just wanted him and I to be this like twin flame-esque connection. And it just wasn't, and that's fine. Not every relationship's gonna be good. That's why we go through them. The amount of, and I've talked with people about this extensively, the amount of intense feeling that he had been feeling in just like that three month span that he's like saying he wanted, like I was it for him. He wanted to be married, like things like that. It's like it's like all stuff he read out of books or something. They're all, it's not what normal people say. They're all like these cliches that don't make any sense. Yeah, it was, it was kind of alarming. It wasn't something I was ready for <laughs> at all. Because like I said, I'd, I didn't want anything serious at that time in my life. I'd been in a serious relationship. I didn't want anything. I'm 23, I'm young. I just wasn't looking for like somebody to profess their love for me, even if I was dating them at that point. I do need to like kind of skip ahead a little bit just because I did not talk to him for a while. 
you guys broke up. That's like what's supposed to happen, you know, normally. Yeah, that is what should happen in a breakup. You stop talking to them. I would say usually, no, we just, we'd stop texting, no calls, no voicemails. Thank God, no showing up at the house anymore. At one point, he just kind of needed a break from Colorado. And so he, for a little while, was back in Chicago. He just kind of needed to be with his friends and family. He was taking the breakup hard. I've talked to them many times, and they said that he had come to terms with it and that he was, like, doing better, that he was trying to do, and this is like the exact thing he said, the adult thing and move on and let me move on. I don't know when he came back on October 27th, he texted me and he just said like, hey, I know it's been a while. I have a lot of stuff at your house. Would you mind if you, like, would it be too much for me to come grab it? At that point, I'd already gathered up all of his shit. I'd, like, stored it in a box in the garage. And I was just basically just waiting for that text. I was like, hi, yes, I will bring it to you. I was like, he's not coming near my house again. Myself and my friend, like, drove over to his house. I was like, I'm not going over there alone. So I just, like, put the stuff, like a box of stuff in the driveway, got in the car, and we left. I just wanted a friend there, truly just in case. Again, I was kind of afraid of him at this point. He never, like, threatened me, but he did scare me the way he talked to me and yelled at me. So... I just wanted somebody there. I say all the time that I'm sure he was like looking out and like watching me from the window or something um, that day. I don't know that for a fact, but that's just kind of what my gut instinct is telling me is that he was watching me drop it off and he knew when I was coming by. So that was the first time I I believe, because I truly believe he was watching me that he'd probably seen me in a while. At least, like, to my knowledge. So a few days go by. Um, Halloween rolls around, everything like that. My school had this big walkathon. So, um, because we're back in school, obviously at this point we're in person, and we had this big walkathon, and Um, on November 3rd, 2020, he just kind of randomly, again, like we hadn't spoken outside of like, hey, can I have my stuff (laughs) kind of conversations. He just randomly started back on the like reconciliation subject. Can we please try to reconcile this? Can we please try to work this out? And I looked at it and I was just so irritated. (laughs) I just remember truly feeling pissed off. Like, how is he still like this? 
dude is persistent. Like, how is he this persistent? Why would you want to be with somebody who really doesn't want to be with you? I did not and still do not understand that. I had made myself extremely clear. He said he was going to move down to Denver. Fort Collins didn't have anything for him anymore. Denver's about an hour south of where I live. And I was relieved. I was like, great. Good for you. Move on. Like, yes, his friends were saying, yeah, you should move. You should come back to Chicago, things like that. And I was like, yes, listen to them. (laughs) You should do that. And he kept just saying cliche shit. Like, I truly believe that you're my right person, wrong time, girl, and things like that. I was just, I was not here for that. I was certain that it was not the right person. Like, I knew it. I just, I did not want that. He kept saying things like, what did I do to make you hate me so much? It's just, it's so just cringy. And I didn't hate him. I never said ever, ever that I hated him. I made it clear that wasn't the issue. Um, it was, but the issue was that he'd gaslit me the entire relationship, that he'd manipulated me, that he'd just wouldn't take any accountability of his actions. And he continued to say like, I have admitted this. I've talked about it with my friends. I'm like, great, you can talk about it with your friends. You have not done anything to me that would even scratch the surface on any form of reconciliation with you, not even as like a friendship. And I said this, we're texting. It's getting late. It was like, at that point, the school day was way over. Um, It was like 9.30 when we were having these conversations. And finally at about like 11.30, November 3rd, I was just kind of like, I need to put this down. Like I need to just... It's like a random ass Tuesday. I need to stop thinking about this right now. I'll respond later when I'm feeling better. I wasn't home. Megan was home. She was by herself. And like that night she called her dad and she was just like, I'm really freaked out. Like Eilish isn't home. And I swear I'm hearing things. Like, I, I'm afraid somebody's in the house. And he was just like, no, it's probably wind, animals, you know, talked her down from it. So she was alone. And um, you looked like you were going to say something. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. Okay. I'm just very captivated. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm interested. It's a lot. I mean. I know. It's a lot. Got you on the edge of your seat. Is this um, is this when it happens? It's about to. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next week with the next part of this series. 
I want to thank Eilish so much for telling us her story. We've gotten to know each other really well over the course of this, and I know she's nervous for these episodes to come out. Thank you, Eilish, once again. This has been Eilish Poe Part 1, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Coberman. The soundtrack of this episode is by North Americans. The song you're hearing right now is by Kids on a Crime Spree. This episode was edited by myself and engineered by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. If you like the show, please show us your support by subscribing and leaving a five-star review and also telling your friends. If you want to hear bonus episodes of Otherworld, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash otherworld. We have lots of extra episodes up there. Our social media is at otherworldpod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to the team at Odyssey, J.D. Crowley, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Leah Reese-Dennis, Rob Morandi, Eric Donnelly, Matt Casey, Casey Klauser, Maura Curran, Josephina Francis, and Hilary Schuff. Follow and listen to Otherworld now for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And finally... If you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us your story at stories at otherworldpod.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.